0: Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Adam Stone, and this is the Committed Collective Podcast. With my co hosts, Steve Kerwin and Byron Hazley, we speak to an array of great guests to discuss ways to unify, educate, and empower ourselves against racism and socioeconomic inequality. Steve, where can our listeners find us on social media?
1: Yeah, first off, you can find us on our website at thecommittedcollective.org. Don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Next, you can find us at The Committed Collective on Instagram and Facebook, and my personal favorite, The Committed Collective Forum on Facebook, where we have open dialogue topics about conversations that we need to have that we might not necessarily want to. As always, remember to challenge inequalities and champion
0: change now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Adam Stone back with you again for The Committed Collective Podcast got Byron Hazley and Steve Curran with me as usual Byron. how's it going this this week?
2: doing well, Adam. It was nice to get a in person reunion with you uh It's been a while since we were able to touch base, so it was great to see right. you and now we're back together again in less than a week. Steve, how are you doing, sir?
1: You what, guys, I'm pretty full. Just finished dinner. I don't know if you heard of the new recipe out there, but this NyQuil flavored chicken is uh it's not that bad. Adam, I know you've been looking for recipes, so I'm gonna pin it to your Pinterest board for you. Um, really take advantage of this. Um, FDA says not to do it. Um, I believe that's fake news. I believe we're really not taking advantage of, and they just don't want you to try something new. So Adam, how we
0: doing? Yeah. I, see, this is why I don't do TikTok challenges is this, this exact reason. So yeah, you can save that recipe for next time. But, uh yeah, things are going pretty well over here. I'm excited for the guest tonight. We have some, uh, returner and a, a new, new, uh, guest to the show. So I'm excited. We'll start with ladies first, the new guest, Miss Janae Griffin. Uh, nice to meet you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Janaya Griffin. Um, as Adam stated, I am the CEO and co-founder of the Equity Space Alliance. Um, formerly, uh, I was a NASA contractor doing technology transfer and commercialization. Uh, and I am on track to get my master's now in global management with a specialization in space leadership business policy.
0: Wow, that's great. Thanks, wow. for. Joining us, that's, yeah, that's big time. <laughs> and also joining us this evening, we have returning DJ Catlin. Mr. DJ Catlin, welcome back. How you doing, sir?
4: Thanks, I am doing great. Uh, a bit about myself, I'm DJ Catlin from Southeast San Diego. Um, also, a uh, uh, co-founder of the Equity Space Alliance, Jenea's partner in crime. Um, also a, a NASA, firm of NASA, or actually current NASA employee, I'm a NASA engineer um but been with NASA for 10 years in flight research, test, and development. Um and I am also on track to get my master, my executive master's in space leadership, business and policy. So uh yeah, excited to be here.
1: I guess the first question, what is Equity Space Alliance? I'm uh I'm pretty intrigued. Um obviously this is something probably not too familiar with most people, so <laughs> Whoever wants to go, Janae, if you want to tell us about it, maybe a quick elevator pitch of uh, what the program is.
3: Sure. Uh, So the Equity Space Alliance, we are a social and capital impact company that is focused on bridging the gap between resources and historically excluded communities uh, to allow them to be successful within the new space economy. And if you're not Familiar with the new space economy? Um, it is projected to be a 1.4 trillion um, dollar economy that is really based around the space industry. Um, a lot of the technologies that you use every single day has actually come from or resulted in um, the exploration of space, or resulted from the exploration of space. Um, this, you know, camera that we're using in our uh, computers. Um, GPS, if you kind of use that to kind of get here or to navigate, uh, there's a lot of technologies that we call space enabled um, or space based. And so we are educating, advocating and facilitating um, access to these resources so that people who are in historically excluded communities can be a part of the development of this new economy and really um, start to turn around um, the, uh, the, the trajection, uh, of their, um, of the, of the, of the economy of where they are. So a lot of distressed communities, um, economically distressed communities, really looking at how they build their wealth. We see that this new economy is something that is going to be very, um, big around building wealth. And so if we can get these communities to become a part of, uh, this economy, then we could change the trajectory of what that projection would be.
4: Yeah, so just a bit more about what we do. Uh, if you're familiar with the space industry, if you paid attention to the past and present, um, you'll notice that if you, I mean, if you go back to the Apollo days, uh, we've been to the moon uh, six times, I believe, six times, and out of all six times, I believe 14 astronauts have touched down the moon. Don't use those numbers verbatim, but I think it's somewhere near there. Uh, all astronauts that have been to the moon have all been white males. Um, So, I mean, that was the birth of the industry. And then, so that's, we call that old space. So old space, um, white males led the way. Uh, nowadays, if you, we, we think about new space. So the, the growing space economy that Janae is, um, talking about. Um, and when we think about who's leading this new space economy, the commercialization of space, again, it's, uh, white males. So it's, um, you know, your Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, Sir Richard Branson, um, so what we want, what we're working to do is we want to change that um, trajectory. We want to, we want to make sure that the new space e- economy is equitable. So, um, mm-hmm. in the past, um, white males have owned the history of, um, of getting there. And today uh, they're working on to, uh, to owning the industry. So we're trying to make sure that, um, that the industry ends up being diverse in, in ownership. And to do that, we're putting together some resources. So people that want to be involved in the industry, um, who have products that, they want to make um space enabled they can do that um and we're doing that by giving them the resources so hooking them up with the uh the the universities or the uh the capital they need to to, to raise funds and the um the, the knowledge and expertise to uh be successful in this in in you know the business industry so um we're working uh with uh, a bunch of different partners to um yeah to, to to make that happen um and of course that starts with uh, simple awareness so that's why we're here today is just to spread awareness about what's going on um, and we also go to schools to spread awareness to our children so that they know there's great opportunities that's happening um, and Matt remember when we were like um in high school and, and graduating you know the tech industry was taking off the iPhone wasn't quite out yet I know I'm telling my age but it wasn't like you know <laughs> quite out yet but if you were like studying computer science at that time you were ready right you knew that computers were going to take off uh, so, we're right, so right now what we're trying to do is we're trying to let these students know, these kids know that, hey, this $1.4 trillion industry is coming. So get ready. Uh, but yeah, that's a bit about what we do.
0: So, Janae, can you tell us a few of the partners that are in the alliance right now? Like who are some of the companies that are out there or some of the agencies that are out there really trying to establish equity in space?
3: Adam, you're stealing our thunder here. Uh, we haven't. <laughs> Uh, so we haven't actually um released uh who we will be partnering with. Uh we're not gonna spill it here, <laughs> but I gotta I ask. I just some, gotta ask. Yeah, I there. mean I get I feel, I feel you. I feel you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but what I will say is that um uh, Vice President Kamala Harris did put out a, a fact sheet that is focusing on a lot of the um uh programs that are really focused around the space workforce. And that's great, right? So there's a lot of educational programs that are coming out, you know, we've consistently seen um, programs around getting more kids into STEM and STEAM activities, which is great. Uh, So we know that there's a huge disparity that exists between people of color, and then how many of them are actually in STEM. But what we do see now is that spaces there's a huge disparity like a much bigger disparity than it that exists from stem and um people of color or commu- um historically excluded communities and then space and then historically excluded communities um and so we're you know trying to solve that problem and basically bridge that gap uh, but not specifically just around workforce right because what we don't want to repeat is we get to another planet. We become an interplanetary species, and then we're still begging for equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, so, in order to change that, we have to change who's actually developing it, who's you know who has ownership in it, and that's where that equity piece comes in. Um, we see a lot of people who are focused around diversity and inclusion, but they miss the equity piece, or they equate the equity piece to equality, and those are two completely separate things. Um, And so really getting people to understand that we want to start asking, you know, not just about the workforce and employee resource groups and, you know, getting internships and jobs, but how do we um, get more supplier diversity, right, included in these prime contracts that are coming out? Um, What are we doing to, you know, get people to start to say, hey, you know, I want to have You know, maybe they're not launching rockets or satellites or different things like that, but they have consumer goods that can actually go onto, you know, those vehicles as they're um, going up into space. And so how do we help them? So I think there's a lot of education from an entrepreneurship um, aspect with the commercialization of what that looks like. And then the translation of regular products into a space-enabled or a space-based product so that they can actually start to... um, Uh, participate within this economy.
0: You know, it sounds like there's a lot of different levels to it. And I I think, you know, just that STEM aspect is something that, you know, you could focus on by itself and have a huge impact there, not even related to space. But that correlation between the ability to have an impact in space and involvement in STEM is something that, you know, is kind of underplayed.
2: Um, I know that we've got this mission that's playing with NASA right now. And I wanted to know if there's any relationship, obviously given your natural relationship with NASA, if there's any relationship, uh, with your new company as well, but if you can give us some background as far as what's going on in space and then tie it together with that question as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a uh, very exciting times right now at NASA and really in the, uh, the space industry, we're going back to the moon. Uh, I mean, that's what everyone talks about, right? But they don't really say why. So uh, for those of you don't, that don't know, Artemis is the new uh, trip to the moon, um, the new um, aircraft or the new um, mission or effort to get back to the moon. But uh, unlike the Apollo days uh, where we went to the moon and uh, we collected a few rocks and came back, we're going to stay. Uh, we're going to actually settle the, settle on the moon um, and build um, you a know, different uh, ecosystem on the moon. And we're not going to stop there. The moon is only the first, uh, destination. It's really a proof of concept and it's an opportunity for us to learn how to survive and live and thrive in space. Following the moon, we're going to Mars. Um, and then the Mars deep space. Uh, and within this, we're going to have, um, spaceships, uh, for lack of a better words, like uh, space habitats, I guess that's what they're actually officially called, um, throughout, uh, th- throughout space. So orbiting the earth and deeper Different orbits, deeper orbits, um, or orbiting the moon, orbiting Mars eventually, uh, so that we can have this type of uh this pipeline where we can move resources throughout space. Um so with that, uh that's that's what all this is about. It's about us actually um, you know, actually venturing off into the, the final frontier, as they say on Star Trek. Like right, the Star Trek days are here and uh we're doing it. And um with that become, comes comes a big economy and a lot of money. So, uh, we're just making sure that, you know, everyone or we're all humanity because they, 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 the key, the term that they use, um, very often is spaces for humanity. However, right now, humanity is not involved in, the, in, in developing this new space. So we're just trying to reach out and make sure that everyone is involved. Everyone understands what's going on with Artemis and that it's just not a rocket back to the moon. We're actually going to stay and you have an opportunity to take part. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on. We're going back to the moon and we're going to stay.
1: Supposedly we've been on the moon. But that's a topic for another day. I'm just not convinced. But to each of its own. Let me let me ask you. This. So I work in the automotive industry and Tesla has been kind of the driving force to accelerate towards EVs and all the manufacturers going towards EVs. Same thing. 2030 gets thrown out there all the time. Does does SpaceX kind of correlate the push for NASA to go back and to continue going? Is that a direct correlation that I can look at from the automotive industry to that?
4: So yeah, actually it is. Um so I believe how I don't don't quote me on the year, but I, I believe it's twenty fourteen where um I, I can look look this up later on, but um the United States uh committed to no longer using um uh government assets to get to the iss and they actually put out a contract i think it was like earlier than that like 2009 maybe put out a contract um to challenge commercial um commercial commercial actors to get into the space industry and with that um spacex was born uh well spacex was kind of doing some things before that but they that was actually their kick to to um to really you know um put a lot more resources into what they were developing uh and what they've been able to do with their reusability is uh, reduce the cost of getting a uh, kilogram of, uh, of weight or anything to, to space. And I mean, when I say reduce the cost, I mean exponentially. Um, before I think it cost, if you hear I'm throwing out numbers, uh, about, uh, I think it was like two billion or something like that at, at its highest time to get to space. And now, uh, Space Test can do it for $60 million, uh, their chart. Yeah. So, um, they reduced it to the cost of exponentially. And that allowed, um, it to open up to, to more of the private industry. Now the private industry, they can afford to do things like that and to, to, to afford to, to develop technology. But not only that, um, it also, um, made competitor brought competitors to the market. So, so Richard Branson and, um, Virgin Orbit and Virgin Galactic, um, uh, Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin. Um, and with all these players, of course, um, coming to the market cost costs of, the cost of getting there is significantly reduced and the technologies that are developed to get there and live there, um, they, they are produced and created a lot quicker because, uh, competition fuels, uh, economy. So, so yes, absolutely. SpaceX really opened the door for this commercial space industry. It actually made, um, the possibility for us to get to space and or to, to moon and Mars a more, um, financially feasible, uh, um, thing to do. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's what I I kind of figured. All right. My next question. I feel like I got a lot of questions. I I had one lined up, but you you answered it earlier. Was you know with all the with all the challenges we have down here on on Earth, should the focus then be on space? And you answered it saying we don't want the same problems that we have down here to correlate when we go to the next planet. So, from the challenge standpoint, let's look at it from a diversity, equity, inclusion standpoint. Do you? We know down here people have been in positions of power for centuries and that's why it's so hard to break away from the mold but that's not exactly the problem when you're going into space the mindset may be there and we know six white dudes or whatever bet on the moon supposedly but is the challenge the educational piece getting people prepared for the future when it's not here or is it the position of power that NASA has created in the last decades kind of a tough question to ask. Maybe you're kind of following along with me, or maybe I ate too much night chicken. I don't, I don't know what the answer is there, so.
3: Um, I'd say it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, so we tend to think that we need to be educated so that, hey, you know, you can participate, but that's not thats not the full reason behind why we're educating people. Um Our communities suffer because of a lack of knowledge. But even when they are given that knowledge, they still do not believe that they belong. And so representation is really important in this instance. So if I can educate you about something, depending on, you know, what systems have been put in place. Let's talk about systems of oppression and how that mentally affects people and how generational trauma has actually been passed down, you know. We we tend to subconsciously be put in these um, these systems where or these cycles where, you know, obviously we have imposter syndrome and all these different things. But it is based on how we actually show up in the environments in which we are in, what opportunities we are given. Um, And so when you go to an equity piece, right, that means that not only do you have access to those opportunities, but you can actually take advantage of them and it can put you in a position to where you now can have equality, right? Um, But I think from from the power perspective, right? We wouldn't necessarily have to worry about, oh, we need to be included because we would be the ones that would be creating the policies, right? So because space is so new, there aren't that many regulations that are actually put in place. Actually, the regulations were like put on hold, because we're still trying to figure out what this looks like. Right. And so you have government that comes in as like the, let's say, grandfather or the parent to say, hey, you know, we're going to give you all of this money. Right. So that you can go out and figure out something or what you what you're going to do. And then when you figure it out, then we'll pull the reins back and then you can tell us you know, how we should be moving, or you could feed us, you know, or we can go focus on something else. So now you have private companies that are entering this space who are now starting to do a lot more of the heavy lifting, but still need, but they're still living at home with with mommy and daddy, right? They they haven't been pushed out of the nest just yet. Um, And so I think when you get to a point where there is this power dynamic, you don't necessarily need to ask for permission. You don't need to ask for approval if you've been the one that that actually has sat at the table and said, "Hey, you know, this is a policy that we're putting in place because of X, Y, and Z." So I think it's a little bit of both. We need to educate you, number one, so that you can know what's going on, right? You can know what happened before, what not to do in the future. We need to also educate you um, to a point where it makes sense for. Um, how it relates to you, what your role is is in it, and how you can show up. And then we also need to educate you because you need to be able to see somebody that looks like you. You don't know the landscape. You don't know the people that exist in there. You don't know that it was a Black man that shot the laser to the moon that actually allowed us to know how far the moon moon was away, right? Um, Because we don't tell those stories. And so it's about allowing them to see these people and then say oh well he came from where i came from so this means that i can do it too so that t- that starts to allow them to get more um more curious about what they can do how they can do it and how it can you know benefit them um and then there's this metaphor um that that we've been using um and i forget the lady whose name i i can send it later but I, we added a twist to it so you have you know, diversity is being asked to the party, but inclusion is being asked to dance. But then the equity piece is that you didn't, or yeah, the equity piece is you didn't need an invitation because you were on the committee, you picked out the theme and the color and the music and all of this stuff. And so I think we tend to not um, get to the equity piece, which is why ultimately we're starting with that versus diversity in space. Right. Because diversity can come in different in different levels. But if you don't have equity within diversity, if you don't have equity within inclusion, then like we're really not progressing as a people.
1: I love that. I love that response. Thank you. So what year footprint on Mars? What year do you two think footprint hits Mars?
4: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Do you hear that so, adam
4: <laughs> so right now we are um we will we are on a uh, our our i guess nasa's timeline is i believe twenty twenty five um and that and we're what's so exciting about that why i i love that you asked that question is because the who is going to be i think that's a better question who will be the next footprint on Mars <laughs> so um and so NASA's already uh, selected a, the Artemis space crew. Um I believe it's five or six astronauts um that are going to be on the mission going to the moon. Out of those five or six astronauts, um two will be on the first um trip to the moon. So there, the other four will be in orbit and two will actually go down to the the moon surface. And um and in that crew is this exciting young lady. So there's two women in that crew. Both are very exciting and in, in, in the, the 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 opportunity or the um The, uh, the possibility that it could be the next person on the moon can be a woman, um, is exciting, but it can even be two women that are going to the moon next. And one of those who we're very excited about, uh, her name is Jessica Watkins. She's a young, phenomenal astronaut, um, a black woman who right now actually is breaking records as we speak in the ISS. She is, uh, going to, she's, going to be the first black woman to spend an extended time in space um and she is she is on track to be the first black woman to be on the moon and she may even be the only the first woman on the moon uh but to me i think i it's exciting because i i i just hope that we we do the right thing and allow the next people to be on the moon two women allow <laughs> the the two women astronauts allow them to go down and and uh and you know get on that uh that um that zoom call back saying you know one small step for women, one large leap for mankind or something like that. So yeah, Vernon Meyer, Mayor, that, that's correct. Uh, oh, and that's the, uh, the analogy that uh, Janelle was talking about. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love that, um, that, that question. And I'm very excited about the astronauts that we, we selected that are going to the moon. I also want to correct myself, um, or just clarify because, uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to be failed in our, um, our space leadership and business policy program. <laughs> um, so back in the shuttle days, it costed 40, Five thousand four hundred and wait, five fifty-four. I'm messing up already. Fifty-four thousand five hundred dollars per kilogram to get um uh, objects in in space. So, and now SpaceX can do that for fourteen hundred dollars per kilogram. So initially it was fifty-four thousand five hundred dollars per kilogram, and now the commercial space industry, SpaceX, can do it as low as fourteen hundred dollars per kilogram.
0: Wow. Yeah,
4: hey. So exponential increase or reduction in cost.
0: So what are some programs that are out there now that people can get more involved with to have that increased STEM involvement or to help increase STEM involvement in neighborhoods that are disproportionately affected?
3: Uh, They should know about the Equity Space Alliance. (laughs) Shameless plug. Um, uh, I think there's, uh, so one, one thing I will say NASA, and this is me, a former, you know, contractor at NASA. Uh, DJ may not be able to say this, but I can. So, uh, (laughs) one thing about NASA is they're horrible at storytelling. I mean, like, just, like, really? Okay. (laughs) But what they are good at is the content that they do create. So, they have a lot of resources, a lot of tools, a lot of just cool things. Um, and, and curriculums and trainings that you can actually, um, incorporate into your classroom, different things like that. But, you know, I always say if, you know, if we're in a forest, um, or if a tree falls in a forest and nobody is there to hear, it doesn't make a sound. So you can have all of these resources, you have websites and everything, but if nobody knows about it, if it's not really making an impact, like what are we talking about? So um. One thing I will say is that NASA does have a lot of great resources. So you can go on to NASA, NASA nasa.gov. I think it's like, or you could just Google NASA and student resources, STEM or NASA and STEM. Um, And a lot of stuff will come up, STEM education for kids. They have like, you know, especially when COVID happened and we were in the pandemic and all the, the kids were at home, they were, you know, there was a lot of different like projects that you could just do at home, DIY stuff. Um, work you do with your kids. Um, they have like an interactive kind of like it's called NASA, um, Home in City, where it talks about all of the different spinoffs or different technologies that were commercialized that came from NASA. And it's like literally this whole like interactive world where you can navigate the world in a home and a airport and all these different things. And that's really cool, right? Um, but people just don't know about it. So, I would say that that's the one of the main sources uh, that you can go to. And then there are also a lot of like flight museums that do have a lot of this information and they have free programming for kids that are within, you know, those communities. Now, specifically, when we start talking about communities of color or economically distressed communities, I have this thing called the proximity effect. And if you are not in within proximity to something then you you know or directly affected by it then you really are not um you don't know much about it um you're not exposed to it and so that goes both ways right we have these um congress people that are making rules and policies and they've never once stepped foot in these communities they have no proximity to the problems or the issues or the challenges that people are facing yet they are the ones that are creating you know these policies for them, and and so the same same thing with education, um, or with your network, right? The distressed community. If there are no programs or organizations that are in close proximity to, let's just say, a NASA center, there's not a STEM camp, there's not a, a space camp. Um, then there's a lot of kids that you know typically just don't know anything but what they see on the media. So. That's what we're also doing is helping to create content and do storytelling so that when these kids are even getting exposed to things like this, they can see themselves and then they can start to believe that, hey, this is for me. Um, or I have, you know, an opportunity to be involved in this. Um, or there is a, you know, high probability or high chance that I can become, uh, you know, a systems engineer or ops engineer, um, at NASA. And so, um, yeah, so I would, I would say one NASA, um, any type of uh, museum, flight museum that might be in the areas. And then also libraries are really, really good, especially for free um, free programming. So depending on where you are, if there is a NASA center that's involved um, or that's close by, then there may be programming around that. Um, but outside of space, I guess just STEM education, Microsoft. I think it's Microsoft either Microsoft or I think it's Microsoft. They have actual like STEM camps every summer that are free. You could go just drop your kid off um, at their store for like two hours. And um, they take them through like robotics class. Like it's just a whole bunch of just cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, DJ probably has some more. Um, oh, and then Greater Than Tech, which is one of our uh partners is a nonprofit and she's really focusing on getting um young girls involved um in space and in stem and so she does a lot of things around that as well. Sure. Shout
4: out to Jasmine LaFleur, San Diego as well. She's doing amazing things. I love that that young lady. Um, so yeah, and uh, as Jan mentioned, um uh she gave a lot of resources for students to to you know go and reach out and, and to get and look to be involved in space. but so we're doing that Equity space and life is trying to bring space to them. Um, so we're doing um, great things with the, with different organizations. Um, I can talk about some some of the things at a high level, but uh, we're, we're we're building programs that to put um, satellites in space, and we're talking about um, students putting satellites in space. So imagine like a kid from southeast San Diego, which in San Diego is like the inner city, uh, putting a satellite in space. What kind of impact that would make to to really all the students in the city? Because if they, if they see a student in Southeast San Diego, the, the margin, the most marginalized area in San Diego, having the ability to put a satellite in space, they're, they're going to think that they can do it as well. Right. Um, but, uh, we're doing, we're also doing other things, reaching out to the high schools and, um, and we, we have an in- internship program right now where they're helping us tell that story and get that word out, uh, where we're actually reaching out, we're, we're partnering up with, uh, with, with different parts of the culture so that, um, that they see space in their, in, in their entertainment. So we're doing, we're, we're making, doing relationships with, uh, with different organizations that, that are, that know how to tell the story from an entertainment, um, uh, perspective. Um, where we're working with, um, aerospace companies to help tap into some of their programs so we can provide their resources to, to students that may will be, that may want to be involved and become a pilot themselves. So we're, we're giving them the, uh, the, the role to, uh, become a pilot at a young age. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to actually reach out ourselves so that they don't have to look for it and, um, and give them the tools so that they can get involved now. Um, and, um, and again, if you're, if you're interested, want to, want to get involved, want to help us out, or just want your your kids to, uh, take part in some of our programming, just reach out to us at the Equity Space Alliance.
3: And I'll also say too, it's not just for the kids, right? There's a huge knowledge gap when it comes to, I would say more seasoned individuals (laughs) because I'm not going to call us old, but more seasoned individuals. So, um, you know, our focus is, uh, we say proactive and reactive, right? So that proactive part is the kids, right? Getting them prepared. And then the reactive part is, you know, you're going to have to reteach, relearn about what, you know, how you can take, not just, um, you know, what you're doing, but but your skill set, right? How do we get you to take your skill set and then put a space lens around that, spark that curiosity in right. you. And then you go down this rabbit hole and now you're coming to us like, what about this? What about this? Because we're everyone is an expert in their own field, you know? And so when we talk about inhabiting another planet or inhabiting space, um, Blue Origin has the orbital reef that they're going to be, um, you know, that they're working on. And so it's like a, a park in space, amusement park in space or hotels in space. You think about space tourism, right? So everything that you're going to need in a hotel or in tourism that you have here, you're going to need in space. So plumbing, um, what what are we going to do with that? I'm not a plumber. I don't, you know, I don't know how to do any of that. I YouTube some stuff, but like, that's not my expertise. I'm going to call somebody. So. As a plumber, I need you to be able to go down that rabbit hole of like, okay, how do I take my skill set and apply that to space and translate that to a space application? So it doesn't necessarily have to be space-based. It could be space-enabled. Maybe I'm using data, right? So there's a lot of things today that we use that are space-enabled that we don't realize, right? Um, I got a question one time and it was like, okay, Janaea, Web3 or space? And I was like you can't have web three without space, you know? So like we can't, we don't have the internet without space. We don't have a lot of, we don't got GPS without space, <laughs> you know? So I think um, there's there's just that educational um, gap that we need to fill to get people to start to, we need to give them that spark, right? Let Let us just spark that, that curiosity, so you can take this space lens and now say, okay, where is where do I fit in in this equation? And then you can come up with your own stuff.
4: Yeah, so I think that's one of the that that is the most beautiful um, opportunity about space. And so there's a lot of um, right now there's a lot of opportunity to be the first, right? I mean, even this podcast, bro, we can be the first space podcast. There, there's not one that exists. I mean, not one that's that is from space, right? You know, send somebody up there and have them. You know, get involved in space. Like, there's a lot of opportunities for the first. Um, so we're just trying to make sure that when someone has a great idea that, that, and they want to be the first, that they can, that they have, they they have a road to get there, a roadmap to get there. Um, and that's what we're trying to, that's what we're trying to provide those tools, um, to, to help create a lot of first. Um, and that's what we mean by space enabled. Anything can be space enabled. We talked about beer, right? I love, I love IPAs. I'm from San Diego. Um, space, Space brewed beer. Like what does that mean? What does space beer taste like? Um, so if you have an idea or even a company, a brand right now, it can be space enabled. Um, we Adam, space law is huge right now. <laughs> like you can make a killing because there's not a lot of lawyers in this field and there's a lot of things that need to be that need to be figured out. Um so yeah, so any profession, any craft, anything that you do uh will will need to be used in space, need to be applied in space. So we need to start having those conversations with Entrepreneurs and professionals, and um, and getting and getting them there.
2: So, how exactly are they to connect with you and get involved with the uh, Equity Space Alliance?
3: Well, they can follow us on social media <laughs> at Equity Space Alliance. Um, we are on Twitter too, Equity in Space. Um, we have our website, equityspacealliance.com. dot com. You can actually go on there and join our mailing list or join the movement, as we say um, the next revolution. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, or you can reach out to us, um, via our email. Mine is JG at equity space com, and DJ's is DJ at equity. <laughs> um, but we're both very uh vocal on LinkedIn. Um, we're pretty much on all social platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, we haven't quite made it to TikTok yet. You're uh,
1: behind. You're behind. Go say
0: excuse
3: me from the but you yet. know, but but this is you know, the thing. Like, TikTok a is controlled by China. It's so it's um, you know, maybe we'll go to Triller. I don't know. I don't know.
4: <laughs> hey um have you guys seen the fifth element? Yeah. Anyone seen the fifth element? You guys know that was a a, a, a um, cruise ship in space, right? You know Disney right now was building a cruise ship for space. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I mean, when I when I said the first man, anything that we do down here, um, we can definitely do in space. So we just need everyone's minds to start start doing that little that little two, 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 two thing where you know starts working and developing and creating, and uh, we start we actually build out space and make it an amazing place for all of humanity. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I'm I'm very excited about the opportunity. I think it's gonna be dope. Um, it's everything I've ever dreamed about. I can't wait till I get my ticket to the moon. I'm on the way, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, and uh, hopefully that we hopefully we can um have these conversations more often because we need to know what's going on so that um you know not only a, a few individuals um end up owning space like they do the world down here.
0: So what are some things that uh, as we close? What are some things that we can look out for? uh, from the Equity Space Alliance over the coming months.
4: I want to give uh, him a, 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 a little bit, a little bit.
0: So, uh, we're doing just something. give me a taste. This is this good. <laughs> that's what the people want to hear. They want to see what's coming. They want to, so, you know,
4: so in addition to building out our programming, um, here, our partnership and programming so that we can actually execute on the things that we're promising uh we're doing something big in africa i'm not going to spill the tea yet i'm not not everything but um which is exciting to me because uh to me african nations or after the african continent is the most uh marginalized left, left behind you know we just pillage from them we don't actually bring give to it give it to them so we want to make sure that we're reaching back and and getting them involved in everything that's that's going on in space and helping them um build um uh you know economic and yeah economically empower them um, so we're doing something big in Africa next year. Um, uh, very exciting. Um, and, uh, just look out for it. If you love music, um, love space, uh, we're going to find a way to, to bring both to you in a very exciting way. So, uh, I, I, that's the only thing I'm going to talk about. Janae, is there anything that you want to share?
3: Uh, let me see. Uh, okay. I'm still not going to name no names. <laughs> I'm not going to name no names, but. So a part of our strategic partnerships includes, a, uh, includes some equipment, right? That could potentially help people who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs in this space that might have consumer product goods or just need some testing in some microgravity environment. Uh, we will be partnering with them to bring that to those communities. So we're not just, you know, we're not just all talk about like, oh, hey, here's the packet. Here's the here's the paperwork. Here's the workshop. Go and do this. Like we want to actually give you the tools um, so that you can be successful. Um, And so that means partnering with, you know, these uh, out of reach uh, opportunities and bringing those opportunities, like DJ said, to them.
4: And uh, Adam, you know how I love investing, right? And creating funds. So uh, we're working on something very exciting around VC and investing in space uh, for marginalized communities as well. So we have a lot of exciting things going on.
0: That's great. Another like exciting stuff to hear. And I'm glad that we got you on the show now because I can see great steps ahead that we will definitely want to stay in touch with and – Figure out ways that we can collaborate with you guys too. So, let me be the first to volunteer, Adam,
1: to <laughs> go to the moon to host the podcast. My wheels have been spinning this whole time. I, I don't know you ain't
0: making it up there. I can't even see you getting on a roller coaster. Uh, theater Point.
1: I, I believe enough white dudes have already so, been to the moon, Adam, and I don't <laughs> the turbulence while on airplanes. So, no, I don't think I'm going to make it up there. That's fair enough. So let me I'll let me it. give
3: y'all some low hanging fruit, right? Instead of like just shooting Adam. It, yeah, and, throw and me up outer there. Space. Throw me up there. right uh, so there's a company um and maybe this is something we could do together. that would be fun uh, there's a company that makes a blender, and they took the blender to space and then they blended in space, and then they you know then it came back down to earth, and so now they're like, we have a blender that works. In space, right? In outer space. And so, like, that's just, like, this great advertising thing. You could essentially send a mic to space, like your podcast mic that you have, Steve, Mm. and then bring it back down and then do your podcast on the mic and say, like, I mean, there's no other podcast, you know, group that's actually podcasting on a mic that's been to space.
1: I hear you, but we dream big, okay? We dream big. Adam's going to space. (laughs) It's settled. We're all we're, us five are going to do a podcast. I don't, some of you are going to be. In space. I just want to put your here. mic
3: on one of our CubeSats <laughs> and let us launch it and then bring it back. down. we'll have so much to talk about after That's that. Fine.
1: That's fine. Really it would be, it would be. I'll give it to you. It hey, hey you I do want to see mic, Adam
4: though floating over his mic as he uh, I, I you know.
3: can kill podcast. hey, why don't you just go and get on one of those zero gravity flights? And then do your podcast in the zero gravity plane. That would, that would be dope.
0: Steve, see, there we go right there. I wouldn't even know what time
1: zone you'd be at the moon trying to coordinate to do this podcast anyway. So there's a lot of, this isn't going to be as easy as you thought it was going to be, Adam. I'm just letting you know. So we're going to have to really rethink this
0: all right well we'll we'll go work on getting that set up i do like the idea of sending the mic up and then recording after that so we'll have to talk off off air about that one so um for if you guys have any final thoughts
4: before you wrap oh man just um i just want to encourage everyone to pay pay close attention about to what's going on in space uh, it was a great opportunity um i'm gonna drop one last number i thought janelle would use it but uh she did it um so right now um the space economy as she mentioned is is, is projected to be at one point be at 1.4 trillion dollars by the year 2040. um in parallel to that um black wealth is going down it's projected to be at zero by the year uh is it 2040
3: 2053
4: well? 2053 so how could this happen if there's a, a, a another economy that's, that's being built um, and going to produce trillionaires. How is the black, uh, wealth going down to zero, um, during that same time frame? And it's because they, they, they don't, they don't, um, estimate that we will be involved. And it's not just the black, um, the black, uh, um, ethnicity. It's also Hispanics. Hispanics is zero by, I believe, 2070. Um, so we need to make sure that we are paying attention to the things that are going on, the things that are, that, that are going to, um, build our tomorrow, that's going to create the world of tomorrow and get involved. Um, the awareness pay attention the Artemis launch is is actually very exciting I know that NASA is not doing a good job of telling the story but we have to we have to tell our friends and tell our kids because this is going to be there tomorrow and we want to make sure that they that they are take a part in creating that tomorrow and have ownership in it um I'm going to say one more thing before I I go um we're going to we're going to settle the universe and the last time we settled a new world was here in, in the Americas now it was diverse then too um and we talk about diversity equity inclusion in the uh, space economy but usually we, we look at it from a workforce lens. we had a diverse workforce uh when we when we settled in the Americas they' were all slaves they owned none, none of it and because of that we have the same issues that we do today in this world because yeah because out of that out of, the, out of a result of that was um a very select few people in the world owning all the uh the the, the um assets in the world and uh, having all the uh, power. So let's not, let's work to not do that and let's spread spread awareness about what's going on and make sure that everyone um, is able to take advantage of this great opportunity.
3: So I'll add, um, <laughs> DJ's right, typically I, I definitely say that. that's like one of the first things that I say <laughs> yeah, because that's our why. That's how we basically came to fruition because that I was doing research around that and I found that number and I was like, what the heck is going on?
0: Yeah, that's a crazy
3: Yeah, it is, you know. Um, And so that's why we exist. Like, literally, that is one of the main reasons why I was like, no, let's let's do this. We got to do something about this. Um, The one thing that I would like to say is that, you know, in order for you to be in space, I think people think that you have to be in STEM. You have to have a STEM background. You have to be a scientist or an engineer. Um, Space isn't just about launching rockets and satellites and doing, you know, sciencey stuff. Um, you know, it's a business. And in the business, you have all these different um careers. You have graphic design and you have um photography. You have uh so many different things, you know, sewing, right? Like how how do you think these spacesuits like are actually, you know, getting all these astronauts? Like they have seamstresses. Um and so I think, you know, one of the stories that I always like to tell is I was um Talking to this little girl and she was just like, She I had a bomber jacket on. It has a NASA patch. She goes, Oh, I wish I could work at NASA. And I was just like, Well, why can't you? And she's like, Well, no, my brother can because you know he wants to be an engineer. And I was like, Well, what do you want to be? She was like, I want to do graphic design. And I was like, You see this logo? Like, that's be that came from a graphic designer. So I always like to tell people, like, you don't have to be in STEM to be in space or to be in a STEM field, right? There are so many different um, careers that we're going to need. It takes a village. We cannot operate with just engineers and scientists like that. I mean, technically, it's why we're in a in a in a problem that we are having now with storytelling because they don't really tell stories like that. So now you got to bring in a marketer. You got to bring in you know copywriter. You got to bring in people who create content, right podcasts, different things like that. Um, mm-hmm. to really you know, tell that story and to, to make it successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always encourage people to, you know, find out what they're passionate about. Um, and then, you know, apply that lens. How can you do what you love to do in this industry? Like, I love to problem solve. So I'm going to take that in whatever industry that I go in. I was in, um, I did computer, uh, computer tech. I was in a crime scene investigation. I did um NASA, right, with tech Transfer. All of it was problem solving. All of the all of it was problem solving. And so, um, that's what I like to leave people with, you know. And you don't have to be an entrepreneur. If you wanna if you wanna work, that's fine. That's great as well. But you know, don't limit yourself to, you know, what's just been given to you.
1: That was empowering. Adam, I'm in. Let's go. All right, let's do it.
3: So y'all joining the live equity space alliance. <clears throat> <We're- laughs>
2: yeah let's do it let's do it as long as we can put a muzzle on steve or figure something out
0: yeah space enabled (laughs) space enabled
1: uh today it told me everybody can be included in space and i like to talk and they're going to need people to talk up there so here i am i'm coming
3: (laughs) (laughs) tell them you need your equity you need your equity steve
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll keep working on that. But again, that was very empowering. And not only that, just very relatable to show so many avenues there for the space industry as we embark on that next frontier. So on that note, we'll definitely be sharing some notes, some more links uh, for this show and for where you can go to learn more. But for Byron Hazley, Steve Kerwin and Adam Stone, this is the Committed Collective podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Well, that's the show. Thanks again for joining us. And if you did not get the social media from earlier, Steve, can you tell them one more time where they can find us? Absolutely,
1: Adam. Go to the website, thecommittedcollective.org. Don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Committed Collective. And my personal favorite on Facebook, The Committed Collective Forum, where we have open dialogue topics about conversations that we need to have that we might not necessarily want to. As always, remember to challenge inequalities and champion change now.